This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you guys probably got the same email, I'm sure. But uh, next Friday, Joey Gatto's going to do a radio tour from, you know, Impractical Jokers. Oh, oh nice. sure. Yeah. yeah. If, if we can, he's real. You ever talk to him? Never talked to him. I, I've met a couple of the guys from, right. the, yeah, but never him. I think he was just in Rochester this past Sunday. Oh, was he really? Yeah, I think so. Do, he was doing stand-up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to do a tour apparently on May 5th so we can track him down. I, I, those guys are always real. I don't get to watch their TV show much. Um, I probably like to watch more than I do, actually, as a matter of fact. But having those guys on, they're very, very nice guys. I'm surprised you're not watching their TV show because it's always on. Yeah. It is always on. Was that TMZ? Uh, no. no. No, not TMZ. It's, it's, there, what is it? What True they, TV. True that's, TV, yeah. It's TRU. That's that and, like, Rob Dyrdek's. Uh, show on MTV. Oh, yeah, the, those, the, the game show. Yeah, well, those two things are Ruthless? All... Is it Ruthless? No, it's something it's like that, though. Ridiculous? Ridiculous, yes. It is ridiculous. There Good you job go. getting to that. Um, yeah, that's always on. Yeah, those shows, you're right, those shows are always on. Uh, what the hell? But yeah, I that, see, I like that when, when uh, Art sends out that stuff way ahead of time so we can, yeah. we can be one of the first people in there to get that uh, thing booked. I love that stuff. A lot of great things going on, right? Yes, we Am got right a lot of emails about dog poop. Uh, Brittany, I, dis- I disagree with you on the dog thing. We have a cabin on the lake here in Wisconsin. Our neighbors let their dogs roam free around the lake. Guess what? I step in in the bare feet at least twice a summer. Ugh. Nothing could make more annoying neighbors control those dogs. That's Brandon from Milwaukee. And I want to yeah. make it clear. When I'm saying that I get annoyed with the don't poop in the yard thing, I mean, I'm going to pick up the poop. I just don't think I can control if my dog happens to pee or poop near or around your yard. Really? Well, why not? Well, I mean, like, if I'm on a walk and all of a sudden there's a sign, my dog doesn't speak English, yeah. uh, doesn't read signs well. So if we're, like, on the walking on the sidewalk, leaving our life, and she lifts her leg and pees in your yard, like, we're going to have to live our lives. But I'm not saying I don't want to – I would always pick – I always pick up poop. Sure. But like, what do you want? What do you want someone to do? Like, why would it be such a big deal if a dog poops in your yard and you pick it up? Why is that? I th- agree. Yeah. Why don't you just pick it up? What are you doing? Right. Rudy's like, I want you to cross the street. I want you to hold your dog's booty hole with your finger. Yeah, yeah. Plug it up. Uh, well, it's not like people have the length of a football field for their front yard. It's it's right. another thirty right. feet to the next person's yard, and so just, just sprint if they start squatting. No, just pull them by the leash and then let them do their thing. And also, I've seen your dog. If your dog wants to poop somewhere, it's gonna poop somewhere. Uh, you are right about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's Pref- a big dog. Apparently, he prefers to do it in the house. Apparently, anywhere else. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, old English bulldog. Oh, do you really? English He's bulldog. So yeah. cute. Mm-hmm. Cute puppies. We got Judy still. Yeah. Judy, although of Judy's ten or eleven Stop. years old. I will not accept that Jude is not a puppy. Ten or eleven. He still looks like a puppy. That's the amazing thing about it. Um, Doug wrote in and he said he's still working through his emotions seeing you are uh, seeing Tom on YouTube. Now I find out Tom lets strangers kisses him on the lips. My man cre- crush de- deepens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, no question about it. What do you mean, let's people? When somebody comes in, what am I going to do? Shove her face away? <laughs> Get your face away from mine. I think he's just excited to see you on YouTube, to go watch very, you very on nice. YouTube. Thank so, you. yeah. But no, Stephanie was a wonderfully, very, very huge fan of the show and a very nice person. 
Just a, you know, some people got that great personality. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, and I. She had yeah. a great personality. Um, Jim is uh, talking about anal neighbors and wants you to know about this one, Rudy. Jim wrote, "I have a neighbor who is a great guy, fairly anal. On one Saturday night, he put out a petri dishes in his side of the yard to measure water volume from his sprinkler system. So while he's on the driveway <laughs> sipping on a libation, showing off his new system to his dad, I crawled through his side, strate- strategically placed yellow coloring in each dish. <laughs> Enough said. It's funny." It's very funny. Anal oh, Neighbors man. also. I've seen that movie. Mm. Anal Neighbors. We actually ask you to turn that off during work. I Wasn't that the, the Aster Art? You're too young to know what that even is. <laughs> I know. There was a porno movie theater downtown Minneapolis when I was a little boy. Right on Hennepin Avenue. It was called the Aster Art. Aster Art. I said, Mom, is that like, like art movies? No, they're not oh, art movies. Oh. Why is Aster spelled with two S's? Yeah, why is Aster spelled with two S's? It shouldn't be. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the Aster Art, it was on like... I would guess probably like 6th and Hennepin, something like that, hmm. somewhere in there. God, I used to love going downtown Minneapolis back when I was a kid, teenager, in my 20s, all the rest of it. Going up and down Hennepin Avenue was, God, that was fun, no question. And now, of course, you end up getting stabbed, don't you? Yeah, but you know what? You'd be fine. It's good stabbing. You know, maybe you'll find out you have some terminal disease and it'll be one of those stories where getting stabbed saved my life. <laughs> How often do you see those? Getting yes. attacked by that yeah. rabid deer oh, yeah. saved my life. Found out I have Lyme's disease. <laughs> well, the Aster Theater, Tom, uh, was as I opened it up, the first picture it says, children, 10 cents. I was like, maybe this wasn't the right theater. But come to find out, this was a theater that opened in like 1916. Yep, and that's, then, that's the one. Yeah, and then uh, 40s, 50s, 60s, it was, uh, it was all double features. And then by the time the late 60s, early 70s, the Astor Cafe become one of, became one of the most well-known adult houses in the city. That's right. Closed 1979. Oh, did it really close mm-hmm. in 79? God, it's been closed for 40-some years already. That's amazing. But all of that stuff. Schinder's was right across the street. So if you, you, you go in and you... you watch the Asteroid porno movie, you could go through the double doors at Schinders and buy a porn magazine. So you <laughs> had it all covered crazy. right there in the same block. There's your whole Wednesday. One of my favorite, favorite downtown Minneapolis stories, though, is the old Skyway Theater when it was a movie theater. What mm-hmm. is it now? It's a club, isn't it? It's a club. It's like three different levels, On and then the it's got like, yeah, there's a theater in there, and then they also have like another nightclub that has live music. But a, a theater for live they don't do movies there anymore. They don't do movies. No, it's all right. it's a lot of music and stuff. Yeah, yeah right. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. But when it opened, it was it first opened. It was a movie theater, and I don't. It had to be in the '80s sometime, somewhere in there. But Al Pacino and Gene Hackman did a movie called Scarecrow, and it's a great movie. If you've never seen the movie Scarecrow, watch it because it's a phenomenal. I mean, Gene Hackman and Al Pacino. How can it be bad, right? But there's a scene, and I won't say who it is. In the movie, it doesn't matter who it is because it turns out it's not true anyway. A guy has a, like a, a little bit of a psychotic break in it. So he's just laying there with his eyes wide open. He won't move. And there was some guy in the back because a lot of booze hounds would drink like a fish and then sit in the back seat and sl- back row and sleep. Yeah, of, right? well, of course. All of a sudden, right in the middle of this movie. <laughs> The guy's dead, you dumb bastard! <laughs> and he just wouldn't stop yelling at the screen. He's yelling, look, take a gander, take a look, you dumbass! Like, take a gander! <laughs> He's dead! That's so 
so like, funny. Oh my God. That is so, who feels compelled? Oh. That is so funny. I had so much fun on Hennepin Avenue. Oh. The copper squirrel, all the stuff long before you guys were that even around. That is just so funny. I just love downtown. Are we ever going to get it back? Yes. Yeah. God, I love going down there, just wandering around, drink like a fish and act like a complete pain in the ass. Maybe that's the problem. But nobody cared. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was never, I I'm was just never one kidding. of those people. Annoying other people. I only annoyed myself. Yeah, I believe that. That is true. There's no question about it. I, I'm really good at annoying myself. There's and, no, no doubt. And others. You could go right across the street, by the way. Piazza's was a great uh, restaurant. The Piazza family owned it. What the hell was it called again? Was it right, right there between, I guess it would be 7th and 8th in Hennepin? The Italian restaurant was there for years and years and years. And the Piazza family owned it because I went to school with Pete and Paul Piazza. But I can't remember the name of the damn restaurant. That's really, it was an Italian restaurant. was there for decades. You know, that stuff closes and it just kind of goes away, doesn't it? Yeah, just things come I and go. That. Nothing is forever. I hate everything about it. Except no it. About the it. ebb and flow. The ebb and flow of life, ladies and gentlemen. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I, I just think what we're, we're going, are we, because people aren't going back downtown to work anymore. Didn't they say they lost like about 35% of the workforce downtown? Yeah, I mean, I know that Target, they sold a lot of their yeah, they did. Um, buildings. And then now most people I know that work for Target just work from home. Yeah, they do. Yep. Um, it's true. I know there's, uh, and we got a bunch of messages people write in when we were talking about this. It, people want to be able to decide. And then some, some hilarious uh, listener wrote in and was like, if they make me come in, I'm quitting immediately. Yeah, they um, do. They so do. Yep. people got feelings about it for sure. But look, do me a favor. Like Timmy Murray, well, he's, he's not around. Much. Well, he's still around once in a while. But Murray's, I will never give up going to Murray's. Places like that. There are several places downtown. I'm never going up going there because, well, they got, you know, valet parking. So, unfortunately, you got to get valet parking. Otherwise, it's, I'm, it's, it's certain areas just too dangerous. I know, but there's still nothing more fun than, like, a summer night going Love downtown, it. going to Love a restaurant, it. parking, and yep. then going to a show. It's so good. It was. It was great. We have to take a break. Be right back. It gets very busy here in the next uh, 40 minutes. We've got Phil Mackey and Kat Herbeck. Then right after that, Timmy Lammers will be with us. All kinds of stuff happening in the next 40 minutes on the show. We'll be right back. The last thing you think about after an accident is how your social media might be used against you. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything or post anything online until you've talked to us. These days, it's natural to share online what's happening to you, good and bad. When you file an injury claim, insurance adjusters will use anything they can to keep you from getting what you deserve. Your social media posts can be twisted and taken out of context. That includes words and pictures. Don't give them any fuel. Hey, you'll have the rest of your life to share the trip to the lake or your new job, but you only have one shot at winning your injury claim. If you've been in an accident, don't wait. Schedule your free case consultation now with Bradshaw and Bryant. Visit minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon. 
who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killaroo Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killabrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids. A cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. I'm Tom Bernard, obviously. Well, settle down. So I'm, I'm actually the only professional. Somebody was cutting a whiz in his terms. I got to tell you something. The reason I'm a few seconds late. What? <sighs> yeah, no. Oh, God. Um, I don't know who it is on the floor or in the building. Uh-oh. But somebody... I was eating a lot of garlic last night. Oh, my God, stop. I went into that bathroom no, an hour ago, no. and it smelled like garlic. Stop, I will not I went not in there just engage. now, an hour later, it still smells like you garlic. mentally breaking me, stop. I'm just trying to give you the, I know I you don't, like. I don't need the rundown. I look, do not need the play-by-play okay. of the bathroom breaks. Here's the deal. No. Here, and here's the problem with Brittany. She loves to hang out in the men's room down there, except for when it smells like garlic. That's where I get my best business. Yeah, there you go. I hate myself. I don't know why I said it. There you go. Phil, how you doing? I'm alive. I'm alive, Tom. And Ken's with us as well? Yes. You're alive. That's a a start. He's alive. (laughs) I got to mention this very quickly, Kent. Uh, Last night, I just went uh, down and support the uh, boys a little bit. Phil and Judd uh, had the uh, NFL draft over at Park Tavern. I got there at about 5.50, something like that. You could not park within about three blocks of that place. You couldn't get in the place. There was not room for one more person. Hell of a crowd last night, Phil. It was a blast. But you, I'm a little raspy this morning here, as you can as you can tell. No, you sound like just, me. Just, I do. Yes. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Hey, Let's talk about Killebrew Root Beer. Yes. I am Tom Bernard. How That's I a do? pretty good. I think it's a really, really good uh, impression. No, Minnesota me... legend. A legend. Uh, Kent uh, Herbeck. Yes. Okay. Let me read it now and see if I can. Enough that. <laughs> Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck Sports is brought to you by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew root beer and cream soda. 
ladies wow. and gentlemen. Just pointed out. So, yes, I, w- I wanted to congratulate you. Hell of a crowd last night. Thank you, man. Very interesting. Uh, met a lot of nice people. I stayed backstage most of the time and, and talked to uh, other workers at Hubbard. Had a great time. But I met 10 people there last night just walking through the room. And it was kind of weird. And I was trying to figure this out, Phil. Maybe you and Kent can figure this out. Eight of the ten people that came up and, and said, hey, I've been listening to the show, thanks a lot, blah, blah, blah. Eight of the ten were women. I thought that was interesting. All those well, women came to your, your draft I party. can draw them in, can I? Oh, it wasn't because of me? No, it was you. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I know Kent Herbeck personally. Oh, really? Yes, that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Well, I mean, uh, you know, this, you, you, the intoxicating baritones do tend to draw the women out. I think. Yeah, that's on, what the, on the podcast. The, uh, yeah. So, so you got there at five fifty last night, Tom. Yes. Right. Yes. And did you hang around till what was it like five minutes after ten before they finally made their pick or what? <laughs> it was about five after ten, wasn't it? No, I left at seven. <laughs> I told them I wasn't going to be there during because the focus of that was the draft. And I just said, I just want to come and show you some support, and then I'll leave and get out of your way. Uh, so I didn't intend to stay for the draft in any case. Oh. But it was we about were hoping, 10 o'clock, We were hoping Tom would lead a skull chant at some point. You know, get him up there and do the, <laughs> do the, uh, the boom, boom, skull. skull. No, you guys so are pretty good about that. So it was busy at, at 6 o'clock, and, it didn't, uh, and things were happening at 6 o'clock in the, in the draft, and they didn't do their pick until 5 after 10. Uh there probably was some intoxication going on around there. No. No, I wouldn't. I think these are responsible Vikings fans, Kent. Yeah. Responsible hey. Vikings fans. Oh, three and two is a full count. So, hey, don't try to do it. <laughs> but what a, it was very, not one person getting out of line. Everybody was well behaved. They were happy. They were excited. It was a really nice night. Yeah, people, you know, it's funny, like football fans. So there's a little, you know, if, if, if they would have gone way off the grid, but I think football fans just want to have a couple beers and cheer for whoever gets drafted. And, yeah. and you, you, yep. you wait for three or four hours. The buzzkill last year was when uh, they had the 12th pick, I think, and then they traded back to the last pick in the first round, and people are like, come on, what are we doing here? Gonna wait. Now we got to wait till 11.30, Ken, instead of 10.30. No, so at least they, they were efficient last night. Here's another question. I, I'm asking questions today. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, was the Twins game on any place there? It well, it wasn't on in the in the in the back bar. It was it was all NFL draft. I mean, we knew they were going to uh, smoke the Royals last night, anyways, right? Oh, okay. But yeah. it was on out in the in the bowling alley. It was. Yep, they yep. had it. Okay. It was indeed. Yep. It was How about that? By- Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa going oh, deep last man. night. Back to back, that was nice to see those guys get heated up for a day here. Anyway, they got they got a stretch right now where they got you know three teams that'll be playing: Kansas City, Chicago, and Cleveland here, who are struggling. Yep. So, yep. Boy, they they got to get on a they got to get on a move get on the move with that. That would be nice uh, to stretch things out here a little bit and play some good baseball, which I think they have been myself. They've mm-hmm. been good but uh and back to football how you, what do you think of the first pick i love it. i love yep. kent slinging the questions and the football takes here so <laughs> yeah i like it i like it i mean a- adam thielen was the number two wide receiver and he's gone you know he you know, they, they had some some contract issues with him and he wanted to go be featured in a in a different organization i think he's going to come back and be a ring of honor guy at some point i don't think there's bad blood but they needed a number two wide receiver 
and uh, Jordan Addison is a is a really, he's one of the the better receivers in the draft. The question is, I don't know if you how closely you guys followed this, but so Will Levis is the quarterback that was projected to maybe be the number two overall pick, and at <laughs> worst he would maybe fall to the fourth pick. And this poor kid sat in the green room on ESPN and NFL Network all night because that's what happened. These you know these guys were going to be top five picks. They're about to make millions of dollars and change their lives. They got their girlfriend, their wife, their or their uh, you know their parents, whatever it is. And this poor kid sat there for five hours as he tumbled out of the first round. And so the question is, you know, the, the Vikings, the Vikings were rumored to be looking at quarterbacks to replace Kirk Cousins after the season, and they decided to not draft Will Levis. But you know what? I saw this about Will Levis. So he eats bananas whole. No. Like the peel and everything. What? No. And no. if I'm a general manager, oh, you know, Ken, I don't know if you're a, a banana peel guy, but he's, <laughs> to me, like, I'm taking him off my board, man. You're a sociopath. That's, you're eating the banana yeah, peel? That's weird. What? That's odd. Can't hey, do yeah. it. Okay. Somebody has a screw loose, but that's yep. fine. <laughs> I want you to do me a favor, though, Mr. Herbeck, and I need you to do this. And I'll, uh, I'll quit, set up quit the. asking questions? The, no, that's not it at all. Right. But uh, the guy the Vikings drafted last night, I want you to get the exact same suit he was wearing, and then Ooh. we'll all go out to dinner. Yep, I would look like a balloon in that. They would think I was doing a gender reveal or something. <laughs> a big pink balloon. Here comes yeah. a big it's pink a, balloon. It's a girl! No, it's just Ken. <laughs> That's exactly it. That was, uh, yeah, that was, I don't have one of those in my car. I'm going to have to go pick one up. Do they sell those at uh, Men's Warehouse? No. Yes, Men's Warehouse. That's exactly where he got it, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Christ. So what did you think of the overall draft? Did you like uh, so far so good with most most of the first round? You want my take or Kent's take Both on the draft? Both of you, would be great. You're not getting my take. I didn't see any of it, so I'm out of this question. Okay, okay never mind. I, I like it. The- I, I think it's great. I think add to the offense. You know, Get another weapon in here for Kirk Cousins or whoever winds up being the quarterback and uh, get some excitement. Now, today, they don't they, – there's, so there's another – there's round two and round three tonight, and they have, uh, they have one pick in the third round, but there's some rumors that they might trade up. They might get crazy. So really, we'll see what happens. Stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned to Purple Daily on the Purple now, Daily YouTube channel. I, I, have plug. Some, I have some big fans that live out in Casper, Wyoming. Okay. Yes. And they're and and she's a big Raiders fan. Who did they get? Did they did they pick anybody any good? So they grabbed. So the Raiders are funny. I feel like the Raiders are always the team that reaches for the the super athletic fast player that like can't catch. <laughs> or, or like the quarterback that can throw the ball seventy-eight yards, Jamarcus Russell, you know, fifteen years ago, but uh, weighs two hundred eighty pounds and doesn't doesn't practice and can't read a defense. So, so they took they took a defensive lineman named Tyree Wilson, who's just a two hundred forty pound athletic machine. And uh, okay, I think so I think I, I think so I think it's a good pick. I take uh, I take the Vikings then, so I, I could win my bet against her. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think you're. Uh, I think you're good there. Yeah. Just tell 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 them we said you won, and you'll be good. Okay. <laughs> I like it. 
That works for me. That's all I'm saying. Now, I like the fact that we're talking a little football, a little baseball. Or tw- who was, again, before we move on from football and talk a lot of baseball, who was that guy, a receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, was, this is about 15 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. He was always open, always wide open, and could not catch a football. Troy Williamson. That's the guy, Troy. Very good. Troy, so Troy oh, Williamson God. was drafted to replace Randy Moss, right? right? They, they yep. traded Randy Moss, and they had the seventh overall pick, and we're going to bring in Troy Williamson and the, this pork. First of all, that's a that's a terrible spot to be in. That's like, oh yeah, hey, you're oh, going to yeah. replace Kent Herbeck to play first base for the Minnesota Twins. Oh, and, uh, and by the way, that not to rip on anyone, that didn't work out for a number of years either. That's, that's oh. a pretty strong analogy right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, there's a highlight of of Troy Williamson. It's if you just type it into YouTube, you can find it where he is, like Tom said, streaking wide, twenty wide yards open. wide open. And I can't remember who threw. That. I think it might have been Tavares Jackson who threw the pass. But and the ball is here. It comes. It's just a raindrop. Why? All you have to do is catch it and walk into the end zone, and it bounces off his head. Yep, bounced off his <laughs> head. Guy. I will never. He could not catch it. Always wide open. Could not catch a football. I'll it's never tough. forget it. But he was fast. He was know, very, he was very fast. fast. Oh, seemed like a nice there we guy. go. Yeah. At least you were fast. No question about it. Now, Ken, let me ask you a question about kind of the same okay. thing. Here I, I am. In my entire life, since I was nine years old, being a Twins fan, and I'm not just talking about the Twins, I'm talking about all Major League Baseball, I have never seen so many balls dropped in the first month of the season in my life. What is with everybody dropping baseballs right now? Are they dropping baseballs? Oh, got many people going back to, you know, over-the-shoulder catch. They don't catch it. They do this thing now where they hold up their glove, and they hold it away from their head, and the ball drops in there most of the time. But a lot of times, it would seem to me, if you're not keeping your eye on the ball the whole time, isn't it kind of hard to catch a baseball if you don't have your eye on it? Uh, yeah, that tends to help to watch it into your glove, yeah. I or, would think so. Yeah. I haven't noticed that they're dropping baseballs, are they? I, guess oh, yeah. I didn't very oh. high rate, actually. And I'm talking about across the board, too. It's happening a lot. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell that's all about. Well, maybe they're not teaching these guys how to catch. Maybe they're trying to, they're, they're worried about picking out their uh, walk-up song. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is it is important, you know, make sure you get the right, the right 15-second hook on the chorus uh. is, is always the most important thing. Well, that's true. They're what would your walk-up song have been, Herbie? Oh. My walk-up song. <laughs> I can't say it on t- on the radio. Oh, and we're not. I can say anything on this that's podcast. Right. I mean, yeah. This is this is Tom Bernard uncensored. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. I, I know we've been talking a lot about Ken Herbeck getting his own street in Bloomington, but uh, Kent, you do realize that you do have a beer named after you at Nine Mile Brewing. Uh, I didn't know that until I went there last night and had one. Oh, is that you haven't had it yet? No. Oh. It's it's pretty good. It's delicious. It's very good. I, yeah. I don't have I don't have a walk up song. By the way, I don't think I would. Uh, you know what? Uh, I know Timmy Laudner always said I, I ain't as good as I once was or whatever. He said that was his going to be his walk up song. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm as good once as I ever was. Yeah, Timmy yeah. Laudner. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the uh, the Herbie's Grand Slam Colch over there at Nine Mile Brewery. Yeah, good beer. Delicious. Good. I like it. I like it a lot. No question. But I haven't pushed too many beers away either. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So we got your Minnesota Twins, the only team in our division that's uh, above 500. You got uh, the Cleveland's at what is what's Cleveland at? Like they're they're twelve and thirteen. Twelve and thirteen, right so they're right. one game under. Yep, couple games behind us. Yeah, a couple yeah, games we, behind us. So, so do you think? Because you're looking at the looking at the, the as you already pointed out, Kent, the people that are coming to town and we're headed there are not playing very good baseball right now. Is this when you're a player and you're you're sitting around the clubhouse and the the you know the manager's talking to you all the rest of it? You, you go, hey, this is what we got to put the put the pedal to the metal. These are teams that we should we should take a lot of games from. I mean, do, do they talk about that kind of thing? No, you know what I think. What yeah. And the TK, I always try to instill, and I always bring up TK because he was my manager the longest. But I think anybody in the clubhouse, you got to concentrate on what's going on that day. Um, yeah. You start looking down the road, you forget about what's happening um, on the on the day you're you're playing. You start thinking about tomorrow's pitcher tonight. Right, um, right. Get a problem. So yeah, it, it, you try to play. You know that old adage, one day at a time. And I think. <laughs> And it's tough in baseball because, not, well, tough, but it's, you know, you got a 162 game schedule. So if you start thinking out too far, you, uh, you got a, you got a task at hand that day, that night. If you're not worried, if you're worried about what you're going to be doing this weekend or who you're playing the next weekend or whatever, you're, you're going to get passed up pretty quick. So you have to, uh, you have to stay, uh, stay in the moment. Don't uh, don't get out too far ahead of you, but you know it's it's for us fans and stuff that look down the road. Goes, God, we we got some teams that aren't playing very well. We got to keep right. going. But, yeah, yeah, the guys the guys got to stay in tune and and say, hey, we got the we got the Royals this afternoon at three ten. We gotta we gotta play those guys and let's try to win that game. Before I was gonna say, look. unless you're playing the Royals, yeah, you can be like all of that sounds true <laughs> unless you're playing the Royals, right? I mean, come on. Oh no, well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they can beat us as well as anybody can beat you. And you run into a good pitcher, a hot pitcher. Um, yeah, um, I don't care who you're playing. Uh, it, it's all on paper. You should beat them, but you still got to play the game. I was today years old, by the way, when I realized that Zach Grinky is still a major league pitcher. He he's back with the Royals, and maybe really? he was there last year too. But he, he, he yeah, uh, the I Twins uh, knocked him around a little bit yesterday. Today, this is his, well, his eighth loss against the Twins or something at home here. Yeah, I think really. Right. Target Field, wow, and that you know he's a good pitcher, great pitcher in his day, and, and has been a great pitcher. Struggling, but yeah, he was. He's been a he's been a good one. But the Twins have have definitely done well against them. That's for sure. I just what about it. our wild? We didn't talk any hockey. No, let's talk some hockey because we, you'd look really good watching. in skates. Hey, I love the skates. I know you do. Well, I did. I love What happened? <laughs> what happened? Uh, I know my knees can't take it anymore, but... No, I I was a, I'm a hockey nut. I love hockey, and I uh, um, I, I see the boys uh, tonight. They're playing, right? Yes, sir. I think they're going to force a game seven tonight. I don't see why not. I've heard from some sources, some people that I know that uh, they thought Dallas was going to uh, guy that's in into hockey, and he's actually a a, uh, a scout, not a scout, but a uh, the player development guy in another organization. And he thought Dallas had the better team and would beat them, but you never know with injuries and this and that and stuff, he said. But uh, 
hey, we got to get Caprill going and uh, get him some get him some time on the ice as he as he has had, but put the puck in the net, but uh, put the biscuit in the basket as they say. Oh, there you yeah. go. there you yeah. go. Light light the lamp. That's right, and uh, yeah, gonna win. You know, you never you never know. If they get this game tonight, they go back to Dallas, which is a tough place for them to play. But I think they can. Why not? Yeah, no question. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we need we need to watch some playoff hockey. That'd be fun. <laughs> if, the, if the Stars had any guts at all whatsoever, they would put the nickname up for grabs for whoever wins this series. If Minnesota wins, we get the North Stars back. Oh, there you go. If Dallas, if da- in Dallas, if Dallas loses, they have to they have to name their team something else. You can no longer be the Stars. Cowards. Like That's what they should have put. That's what the governor should have went. They should have went. Should have went for that and said, "Hey, instead of offering you some wild rice or something for us, we want our name back." Yeah. Now, growing up in North Minneapolis, not a lot of hockey being played up there uh, when I was a kid. I got to be very honest with you. Um, but my favorite thing about the Minnesota North Stars back in the day was Gump Worsley wouldn't wear a mask to play goaltender. <laughs> Holy God, that's brave, isn't it? <laughs> that's pretty funny to see those old those old pictures of them goaltenders standing oh, in the with a mask on. Oh man, standing in goal with no mask on your face, and he had a, a scar or two on his noggin. By the way, if you ever met yeah. him, he... you uh, <laughs> you had to have a screw loose to stand in on that and have these guys blast bucks at you, man. I'm t- <laughs> That's great. See, by the way, I think catchers back when baseball started back in the 1800s. No, don't. No one, no one wore a glove. They just caught the ball. (laughs) Just let it bounce off your forehead. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Things have improved quite a bit since then. I'm glad to hear that. There's no doubt about it. No, that would be great if the Wild could win this night, go to the seventh game. See, like you said, very tough in Dallas. Your Minnesota Twins are in first place by a couple of games, right where we need them. Got to, and again, can't I understand your position? You can't look and go, ah, our next few opponents are very weak. You got to play game by game by game. That's true. Right. But it's a really good time right now, I think, except for course, yeah. unless you're a Timberwolf fan because they suck every year. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just depressed. There, but uh, <laughs> sounds like everybody's excited about the draft, that the Vikings got somebody they wanted. That's a good thing. We got a, we got a, we got a, a, a Goofy game here with the Twins today. It's a three ten happy hour game or something. How do you like that? Happy hour at three ten. Yeah, they're trying. So it's a. It's they're just trying to tap into. Hey, people are you know cutting out of work at two three o'clock. Let's start the game early and see if we can draw a crowd. So we'll see. Maybe that's what it is. I'll be watching. We're having the family over for dinner tonight and tomorrow night, so that'll be that'd be a good thing. Well, so the game will be over by the time you have dinner. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'll watch the game, and then after the game, I can have dinner. That'll be wonderful. Tom seems oh. like a 4.45 dinner kind of guy. Oh, 4.45, yeah. 5 o'clock. Back in the day when I used to get up at 3.30 in the morning, you damn right I was. Yep. But <laughs> now I just later like 6.01. It's by 5 o'clock. Yeah, I was right. asleep. Exactly. I had to be in bed by quarter after five. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, I bring this up all the time, but it's true, fellas. I'm not kidding you. 37 years, I never drove to work when it was light out. That is yeah. so weird to drive to work when it's light out. Bizarre. I bet. I bet. It is a really You know, I did the way. same thing playing baseball. You know, you, you, you get so in tune to playing. You know, we had day games, of course, but a lot of night games um, on the road. 
man, I never, I was lucky if I was up before noon. It was crazy. Boy, must, what a tough life, sleeping till noon, huh? Uh, well, yeah, but I was up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning after every game, too, after you Well, that's down. true. Wow, sleep till noon, uh, you know, hit, a, hit a grand slam, wave to the fans, eat some catered food, and uh, you know, go to bed. What a... Some catered food? <laughs> okay, some uh, some dome dogs. Maybe some dome dogs. <laughs> if you call that catered dome dog. Yeah, I've, I've never seen Kent down in the Champions Club having dinner. What are you talking about? I don't know. He's talking about when I played eating catered food. We didn't have catered food. like What did they uh, what they give you after a game? Late no, 80s Metrodome. The, the clubbies made some food or whatever. Some bologna sandwiches or something? Those were those were around once in a while, yeah, <laughs> back in the day. I remember, you know, in spring training we used to have? This is funny. Okay, so we go down to Florida in the spring where it's nice and warm, coming back from, you know, to Minneapolis, going down to, to uh, the spring training. For lunch, we'd have hot soup. In Florida? A big batch of soup. That's what our lunch was. And it was Boy, already like is... 80 degrees outside yeah, anyway? It's 100 degrees out, and we're going to go out and play ball. <laughs> here, here's a cup of hot soup. Here's, a, <sighs> like that. here's some, here's some, here's a, here's a cup of hot gumbo for you. There you yes. go. That is bleak. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Melted <laughs> cheese on top. We Man. did all right. You did. You did all right. All right, fellas. Well, that's going to do it for another week. Hell of a report, I thought. But again, Phil, congratulations on a great crowd last night. Nobody got out of line. Well, I was only there for the first hour, but nobody got out of line when I was there, which is pretty. You know, Judd, Judd got out of line once. We had to, you know, rein him back in. What a shock! Typical, yeah. typical <laughs> move is all I'm saying. See you guys. And Kent, one of these days, man, we're going to have to go out and grab a little lunch again with Bilski or somebody. All righty. Have a have a great weekend, folks. Go Twins. Go Wild. And then go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Herbeck. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Take Minnesota care. legend Kent Herbeck Sports brought to you by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda, ladies and gentlemen. Those guys are very good together, don't you think? Oh, they're so funny. I love Kent. I'm asking the questions. Just a great, today. I'm asking the questions. I love that. He is so funny. Did he get his street yet? They have not made the announcement what yet. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Let's go with the street. Come on. I still want to, if they ever name a street Tom Bernard Street, I want to make sure it's a cul-de-sac so it's only one block long. That's what do you think? perfect. Tom Bernard Street is a half a block long. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That way it'd be less to vandalize. That's exactly my point. Why let them tear down all kinds of street signs when there's only one in a cul-de-sac? Done. You're thinking it through. I've been thinking. All I do is shoulder to the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes. That's all I'm saying. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> should we take a break? I think we should. I think we should. We'll be right back. Timmy Lammers will join us. Talk a little uh, schmooze, a little movies, TV shows, all that stuff. Sub next Tom Bernard Show. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. 
We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Brittany just played me a piece of audio. We got to listen to the rest of it. Yeah. Because I have no idea what the hell is, what, what they get to. So when you use the app, the Tom Bernard podcast app, on the top left, there's a little talk button that says like feedback for the show. And that's just a message to us. You can also leave an audio message. And uh, Mike <laughs> sent us an audio message and we just started it. We were going to listen to the rest of it, but it was about boozing it up in Duluth and going to Denny's to recover in the next day. So I'm excited to hear the rest of the joke. Something about Durr. What's the Durr part? It was they made a reservation under Durr. Uh, and I can't figure out what... Wh- I got to wait. Yeah, I, I want to hear the rest of it. We jump back in. So we'll listen. Mike, we're going to listen. Uh, and feel free, anybody else. The audio ones are funny. I love listening to people's voices. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Timmy Lammers now joins us. Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant bringing you Timmy Lammers. Tim, how are you? I'm good, Tommy. I can see you and Brittany and Rudy. I know. Isn't this great? We can see you. You can't hide from us now. No longer now. I wore this because... this Cocaine bear, baby. Yeah, I'm glad you got to it, baby. <laughs> I did. I, we, Catherine, I thought it was hilarious. It's not a great movie, but it is funny. No, no, no. I gave it a 7 out of 10 on the laminator, yeah, but yep. it, it does certainly fit the bill. And also, because that's on Peacock now... You can get the documentary about the real cocaine bear. Oh, really? About the guy that dropped the cocaine who was a very nefarious fella. So there's a lot more to the story than this doofus who dropped the coke. And, uh, you know, that would they, obviously they used that whole bear thing getting coked up as a springboard. And then they just did their own story. But the real story is pretty fascinating. So I, I should point out, too, this, this shirt, you can't really see it, but on my sleeve, it says, don't coke the bear. Don't coke the bear in red letters. In huh? huh? red letters, ladies and gentlemen, now we're talking. <laughs> so we got, I think, a film that you're really going to like, Tommy. Big George Foreman, baby. Oh, I love George Foreman. Really love this, that guy. Great this guy. Film, the entire title, I should go through it. It might take about 10 minutes. Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. That is the official title of the film. So, uh, yeah, Foreman, man, I tell you what, uh, 
it's interesting. I get home from seeing the film and my youngest son said, well, did they talk about the George Foreman grill? Because you have to remember a lot of younger uh, generations only know him for that. They know yeah, the grill. Realize. Yes. Yep. Yeah. They do not realize it is truly a miraculous story considering yeah, it is. this guy grew up in extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he had no hope. He found this thing, this program called the Job Corps, where he met Doc Broadus, played by um, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Chris Davis is the, the guy who plays George Foreman. Um, it's there that, you know, he realizes George has all this anger. He's a teenager still. And he says, I have a way for you to channel that anger and let's get into the ring. Within a year, this is now, this is miraculous. He was boxing in the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Mexico yep. City, 1976, I believe, won the gold medal. <laughs> All right. God. This guy was destined for greatness. So you get that. You know, it, it's sort of um, a Cliff Notes version of his career. I mean, obviously, there's only so much you can squeeze into a couple hours, you know, so you get all of those highlights. You get that. You get his fighting on the way to the top where he meets Joe Frazier in the ring. And yes, you get a guy playing Howard Cosell, who is just it's a caricature. OK, so it's not great. No, not really. I mean, there are weaknesses in this. You got great actors playing the leads, thankfully, but how it goes out seems like more of a impersonation than it actually yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. But you do get down goes Frasia. Down goes Frasia. I love that. You know but, that at two sorry, years go ahead. at two years old, my grandson Sage, when he would slip and fall. Lying on his back, he'd go, down goes Frazier. <laughs> I wonder where he learned that one from. Yeah, where did he come up with that one? That was hilarious. Yeah, so, you know, that, again, the boxing is about half, the first half of the film is about that rise and inevitable fall because he does meet Muhammad Ali. Yes. Again, played by a, a guy that seems like a caricature. Although I will say that uh, uh, the guy who plays him, what's his name sullivan something tom sullivan something I i'll get that right um he grows on me uh but you know it doesn't look really that much like muhammad ali or whatever but really that was the beginning of the end of the first chapter of his career and uh he lost to jimmy young he decides you know what i'm he found god in the locker room he says i'm going to be a preacher and that's exactly what he did for mm -hmm. the next 10 years he was a preacher. He had his own church. He started this youth center. But as these stories go, when you get bad financial advice and mismanagement, the dude lost everything. And that is why, A, he gets into this whole grill thing, the George Foreman grill. Right. And then, ultimately, he just he has nothing. So he has no choice but to get back into the ring and... Amazingly, at age 45, we know how this story ends. He once again becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. At 45. It's an extraordinary, yeah, it's extraordinary. It he was in the ring with Holyfield, but then a couple of years later, he had an opportunity with Michael Moorer. It's not Michael Moore, it's Moorer. And he did, in fact, defeat him. And at age 45, he was on the top, uh, on top again. So, you know, it, it, look, it's a boxing movie, not as polished as your Creed 3s. Right, you know, it's a lower-budgeted right. picture. It's a faith-based picture, and this is what I like about this, Tom. Because, you know, obviously, George Foreman is very spiritual. 
Okay, but when you don't get traditional Hollywood involved, there's nobody sowing the seeds of division and hate in this, mm -hmm. right? And it's about his faith. It's not about him wagging a finger at us saying, we need you to get faith. No, no, it's his story. Naturally, because of this, because you know Hollywood is with all these Christian-based things, they critics are pissing all over it, you know, the rotten whatever, the whatever. But listen to me. There is an audience for this film. They made it for you. They did not make it for critics. No. I love boxing. I grew up with George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, all these great fighters. My father, who gave me that love of boxing. So this was really cool. It's not perfect, but a 7 out of 10 on the Lamometer. Isn't it amazing? I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, we in America, and I don't know why we rotate through, but we do, they have to go against a skin color. They have to go against the sexual orientation. They have to go against, I mean, everything that you named. Uh, now it's apparently Roman Catholics are the devil in America now. I don't know yeah. why, but whatever. But they always have to have enemies in each one of those categories. It's just well, weird. Yeah, well, and you know, the interesting thing about this is, like you say, they don't, there's not division and hatred in this. I mean, yes, are right, there right. mailed references of racism? Of course, mm -hmm. of course. I mean, his story starts in the 1960s when he and his three siblings and the single mother are dirt poor. Yep. I mean, it's a heartbreaking scene when they're sitting there at dinner sharing a hamburger between the four kids. One freaking oh, hamburger. Oh, God. Okay? And then there's the other thing, you know, just kind of getting to the local political scene. I am really glad that all kids are going to have a, a free lunch. You know, can some pay for it? Yes. But to see a scene in this film where this poor kid is sitting there at lunch outside where everybody's got a bag lunch but him. This is George Foreman. And... You know, it, it, and he, he was not teased necessarily because of his racial makeup. He was he was targeted because he was poor. OK, so it, it, it was heartbreaking. Some of this stuff, seeing this. And but again, that anger, every story leads to somewhere. And that anger led him to this job core place where he met somebody who mentored him and he found a way to properly channel that anger into something good right so it really is an uplifting story uh yes there's elements of spirituality throughout the thing again but i don't feel like they're preaching to me now you talk about virtue signaling yeah if you, want that, yeah. you can watch any mainstream hollywood picture and you're going to get that but you're not going to get that here i'm glad to hear that could you do me a favor and repeat that because I want to do a Peter Falk thing that he always did in movies, which I just loved when he did. I loved Peter Falk. Had an opportunity to meet him. He came into the studio once yeah. and did shows with just a great guy. But yeah. if you would just talk about that four people eating one hamburger, and then I'll be Peter Falk right after you're done talking. So there was a scene where they shared a hamburger between four children, and it was just heartbreaking. Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> There was one story. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. the movie, well, but it was a, we suffered and we didn't have any clothes. We didn't have anywhere to live. We had to sleep under a bridge. Oh, that's paradise. You know, so, you know, getting to, to, to George's story again. Yes. The George Foreman grill is a part of it. They kind of allude yeah, to yeah. it. All right. And then at the end, naturally, and this is where Tim starts to tear up because they show the real guy, Jimmy. real George and, and, and the, and the, uh, the actors and all that sort of stuff. Right. And they give like an epilogue of what happened and whatever. And 
the banker said, yeah, you did this little George Foreman grill thing that's doing okay or whatever, bringing in some money. In the end, he sold that, the rights to that, for mm-hmm. how much? How God, much do you think? I hope more than a million dollars. 137 million bucks. 137 Dang. million. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I still have one yeah. and I still use it. It's yeah. amazing. We do too. We got one. I have one. And you know, seeing off. this movie, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brittany. I mean, that that's what's uplifting about this is that this guy really, he did what it he could to, to, to keep, he had this youth center he wanted to keep open. That was his main concern. Right. He wanted to help right. other people. So anyway, what are you saying, Brittany? Oh, I have this fancy one that you can take the plates off of yeah, yep. and throw in the microwave, I'm not micro- yep. in the dishwasher. In the dishwasher, yep. And you can do, I love it. The oh. one we got. The one they put the bun warmer on the top. We were living like kings. Oh, kings. Yes. You know how good we had it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, so it's great for the generations who do not know this guy as the boxer. But now they can learn about it. They hit all the highlights of his career and... Now they can really realize the true. It was a miraculous career that he had, and and now his legacy will be. He's still alive, and and hopefully mm-hmm. he'll be around many many more years. Great but they were guy. talking about that hundred thirty seven million dollars he made. That means that that youth center he put up, that church that he put up, they will be here forever because of that. So you know, I. It's a feel-great movie, man. I mean, again, it's got its faults. It's got the guy that tries to be Howard. Oh, there's a guy who also tries to be Johnny Carson at one point, too. So, yeah. It, it, you know, but other than that, I mean, it's it's a good picture. Timmy, you're a good man, and we'll talk to you again next week, obviously. Sounds good. Uh, next Tuesday on the Tom Bernard Family Podcast, Brittany and Rudy and Tommy, all of you, have a great weekend. You Thanks too. Bye. Too bad. Timmy yeah. Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. And that's going to do it. Paradise. That's all I have to say. Talk to you later.